You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to the Shutdown Fullcast. That's right. It's the internet's only college football podcast. Last one standing. We made everyone else quit. Made their asses quit. That means we're in charge now. Right? Ryan, I'm right. We're in charge. We can do whatever we want. I'm kind of torn because, like, yeah. on, the, on the one hand, sure, I like the idea that we have vanquished all comers. On the other hand, I feel like we are now retconning years of this podcast where we said like what does that mean we said before we were the only ones so who you did say we retconning i say vacating titles mm. wow does that make us the ncaa the national collegiate ass kicking association yeah. damn if they honestly if they just changed their name to that and did everything else like kept doing most of the things that they're doing i'd like them a little more with mark emmerk a lot more <laughs> Shark Emmert. That's Merc Emmert. That's, again, if all if all of these things were decided by ladder matches. Yeah. Ladder match! Why is Mark Emmert wearing the Sam Fisher night goggles? <laughs> Why not? Why not? That's right. <laughs> on, on the list of, by the way, on the list of video game characters who are extremely unrealistic, he is the most. I know you say, oh, why is a man doing fairly normal man-like things? Albeit extraordinary. But not for a video game. Why is he the most unrealistic video game character when the most famous video game character is, in fact, a an Italian man who can jump into toilets and enter a magical world of fantasy without dying and who fights a giant gorilla who throws barrels at him from on high? Well, the reason is Sam Fisher in Splinter Cell is supposed to be what? Like 50? Like 52. Yeah. He's he's real. He's real. Like, I got a kid in college age. <laughs> I got to take another job. 
knew knew I shouldn't have got that timeshare. Yeah, oh. he, uh, he wants to go to grad school, so I got to stay in the CIA. I There's think a- he works though, because like, how would a man of fifty-two years old approach like, we got to infiltrate this base? Oh, can I can I do it sitting down? I'm gonna get there an hour early. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna lie down for a while. I'm gonna wait till it's real quiet. I'm gonna wait till everybody clocks the fuck out, so I don't have to deal with anyone. He doesn't make enough noise. That's the problem. Sam Fisher, when he goes over things, it's effortless and silent, as opposed to. Uh, 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 okay, we we can upload a uh, an expansion pack full of grunts. Sure. sure. <laughs> yeah. At no at no point does he stop and go. Oh, I dropped a contact. Also, oh. he should he should constantly be wearing like a knee brace or something. <laughs> yeah, he, like a Brett Favre copper <laughs> yeah. back brace. It's a copper. I think you can fit. make it perfectly old man accurate if instead of like. Sam, we're launching the mission at 9 o'clock at night. It's like 4 a.m., Sam. The go time is 4 a.m. Got to get up real early. Good. I've been up for an hour already. Good. I got, <laughs> I got a fishing trip at 8 a.m., so can we get this done? I made eggs for everyone. Yeah, we are. I think that we were we were faking it till we make it when we said we were the Internet's only college football podcast. But we okay. made it. But now it's true. Now it's true. And I dare anyone to prove otherwise. Anyone! No one can stop us, is my point. So please. That's true. They would have by now, wouldn't they? Yeah, just give us what we want, and no one will get hurt. For instance, It's kind of like when Spencer said we can do whatever we want now, as in, what were we doing before? Does, does that imply people were making us do the things we yeah, were doing before? Th- this was a highly regulated podcast for the last X years, but now- Finally, creative freedom. Just read what's on the card. This says talk for 25 minutes about obscure Neo Geo games. Just do it. <laughs> Everything was scripted by Jim Bankoff up until two weeks ago. Yeah. Here, do a weird, sexy Bobby Petrino voice. People love that. The rumor I actually pr- would prefer to spread is that Bill ghost wrote the show. Yep, it's all his fault. Bill Connolly ghost wrote the shutdown full idiot cast. Bill Connolly. That's right. Yes. <laughs> Secret idiot is a great category of person. Mm. Like Wolf Blitzer. I'm convinced after seeing him on Jeopardy, Wolf Blitzer's a secret idiot. Maybe not so secret anymore. Tom Crean, secret idiot? Oh, we had a Tom Crean story come up. I don't know that we're show. I don't know that we're allowed to tell it. Okay. okay. Never mind. Yeah, another, Tom yet Crean yet secrets, y'all. Tom Crean secrets. I'm gonna secrets. I'm gonna say the one sentence that I will be allowed to say that will probably keep this anonymous enough for our purposes, and it is that a playing of this podcast of an episode containing a Tom Crean joke accidentally happened within hearing distance of IRL Tom Crean. Sorry, Spl- Splinter Cell Tom Crean secrets edition. We've, we've infiltrated <laughs> Tom Crean's ears. We've got to get to his pants. That seems easy. There's (laughs) there's sneaking room in the pants. How do you aim anywhere near him and miss his pants? I guess is my question. (laughs) That's true. He's like a boxer. Yeah. I've got I've got haters and they can't hit me if I pull them all the way up here. Nobody blows for old Tom Crean. Good old King Hippo of college basketball. (laughs) He's got the khakis with the band that says Crean on the front. (laughs) Someone please Photoshop that. Someone please rewrite apple bottom jeans about Tom Crean's clothes. Apple bottom creans. <laughs> apple. I'm saying. Apple wow. ladder creans. Ample bottom cream. Apple pick. <laughs> a- apple picking creans. It's not weird. He just wears his pants in an extremely retro fashion, right? And he, and he wants to fuck your girl in an orchard. Wait, 
Thank you. This was going so well. No, it and wasn't. Now- no, it wasn't because Bill Connolly isn't here to run this podcast as he did for years. <laughs> the quality is nosediving. That we never started on time. We're lost without you, Bill. Come back. Save us. I'm fine. <laughs> Stop putting up such an S&P fuss, Ryan. Quit we'll get through K-fabe. it. All right. So this is our the first of our preview episodes about um, checking the card. College football. But we can do what we have to do for the most part without Bill's previews, which means, oh, boy, y'all buckle up. This is going to be inconsistent. Yes. Which they're totally not accustomed to. Jason, you have the con. You have decided on a way to do this. So we rearrange college football to our liking and blame Jason for everything that happens next, I guess is what we're saying. That seems unfair. Well, yeah, but if you have complaints about it, please direct them to Brian Floyd. Yes. Yeah, you can complain. Just complain to Floyd. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, replacing Bill in all his duties, including uh, master statistician, will be me. I'm incredibly good at statistics. Just chosen not to reveal that to anyone, including any of my algebra teachers who failed me. Um, this is a deep, deep ruse. They did fail you. I agree. Yeah, in a way, I guess. <laughs> we failed each other, we could say. <laughs> the relationship just didn't work out. Me and algebra, it just... We just a series it, of broken marriages. It just wasn't meant to be. Yeah. <laughs> so Damn. we could preview con- on a conference kind of by conference basis. We have done that before. Uh, it's very norm core, kind of far too normal for us. For it's one kind thing, of thing, it contains like, football. Well, if there were, if let's say, let's hypothesize, if there were multiple college football podcasts in the world, that's the way most of them would do it. And we don't really want to do things that most people would do, if you haven't caught on by now. Uh, last year, we made up fake Homer podcasts to preview each conference with, and that was... That went le- great. Let's Universally say, beloved. Let's say the reception was hit or miss. <laughs> <laughs> the list of people who liked all of them is short. Uh, I don't even think it and includes all of include us. does not include people on this program. <laughs> uh, I, I, to be clear, I hold those people close to my heart, and you're the only ones I will save in the end times. <laughs> Uh, it, it was fun, but we wanted to try something new, uh, you know, Wait, even, even dumber. Spencer's walking away from the mic. What are you doing? Yeah, it got it got too intense, got too real. Oh, bye. So Spencer's left. Um, he's going to find Bill, I think. He's really trying to get me to stop talking, and I don't know why he's doing that. Trying to get me to stop talking? No, he, he's waving at me to not indicate that he's leaving. Okay, I won't. No, we know you clocked out, buddy. You you owe us these three minutes. The fiction is maintained. All right. So, again, everything smooth, um, totally, totally normal, totally on course. Oh, I think he's going to close the windows so we can't hear the lawnmower from next door. Oh, we, just, we just need to hear. We're also, uh, we're also hiring for a part-time position, Spencer Hall podcast body double. <laughs> Not voice that. double. Yeah, we need your body to acoustically sound like Spencer's. So Ooh. if you are a, a stack, you know, I of could hair- just I could accomplish this with a large sack of wet grain, a stack of hairy pillows with a tank top over them. That would work. <laughs> Sorry, so Jason. If you're, if you're interested, uh, reach out to Brian Floyd. Reach out to Brian Floyd on Twitter. So we decided to do something even dumber this year to split up teams according to uh, their truest measure of cultural sensibility. Uh, we're throwing geography out the window, throwing out team quality, all that shit. We're going by jersey color. 
uh, we were dividing teams up into, we did a handful of groups, mostly the Power Five. We included a few um, who got the call up. Um, and yeah, just redesigned the country according to our liking. One, just like one problem here is that there are a lot of red teams. This is a hurdle. So had to mess with it a little bit, but the conference we're going to preview today is all red, top to bottom. Can I make a terrible joke here? These How colors could run. Anyone stop you? It's all about the hue. I am also walking away from the desk <laughs> at this time. Soon it will just be me and Jason, and then we'll fight, and he'll win, and then this is his podcast. So Ryan, uh, we split the uh, conference up into two divisions, and it just so happens that Ryan and I are sharing the same division. So since everyone else has left, we get to focus on our precious, precious normal red division. Regular red is how Jason has phrased it. Um, That's true. We, I did we, go for the. We want to call this red dead, uh, red dead division. The right? red dead division. Um, in this division, we have just so everybody knows ahead of time: Georgia, Stanford, Utah, NC State, Wisconsin, and Nebraska. Um, All very red. Yeah, decidedly red teams. There's no Quite way red feels wrong. Uh, just as a spoiler, there will be teams who, once we get to the end of this. The, both divisions, you'll say, why wasn't I there? Too bad. Just deal with it. Maybe you'll be in a later episode. Maybe you won't. Much yeah. like in making real divisions. There are there are, there are are teams in and near the Power Five who wear red who will not be in the red conference. Perhaps they'll emerge in another color conference. Perhaps they should try harder to be interesting. So I th- Or just change colors. That would work too. Yeah, wear mm-hmm. orange, by the way. Yeah. If you want to make the cut, wear orange. There also weren't enough green teams to make a green division, right? Right. Um, that's unfortunate. I look good in green, not great in red. Um, I don't look good in anything. Never mind. So I think the goal here is to go through our divisions and basically, did we decide we're each going to pick who we think our division champ would be and therefore figure out who our conference champ would be? So we're having a content meeting right now during the episode, which that's fine. It's kind of, I figured this, this hey, is how we would figure this out. Okay, it's like, good. It's, it's like Disney Spencer. Underground. Spencer, we're having, a, we're having a meeting. Oh, he doesn't have his headphones yet. He just wandered back into the room. That's fine. He'll, is, he, uh, is, is he sticky? Is he sticky? Hang on. No? Oh, interesting. He's very confused that I'm touching him. <laughs> this is also unpleasant. Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. We're having a meeting. So, um, that's great. I think what we could do with these conference previews is as we've we've split up the the conferences into two divisions two people become experts on each of those divisions i think those two people can sort of present the predicted outcome predicted rankings for these divisions over Mm -hmm. the course of the season since this is a very serious college football preview you need if you have a preview you need rankings uh and i think at the end we should all pick our favorite to win the whole conference does this make sense i'm fine with that Yes. The only outstanding question, which we can either figure out during this meeting or during a meeting during uh, an episode still to come, would be how we actually decide who wins since they don't play each other. But that's the least of our concerns right now. I mean, some of them play each other. Here's the thing. Here's the thing Bill always told us in all his many years of leading the full cast. Bill, sorry, who? uh, Bill Connolly. Um, Uh, He always said, and he said this at the start of every show, he said, remember, the numbers don't matter. Uh, oh, that's correct. Yeah. So, as, mm. so as long as we have that as our guiding principle, and as long as we just use things like the eye test or who we think plays a better brand of football, or harditude, or yeah, grit, 
want, um, want itness. Yeah, yeah. I think if we at the end if we say which of these teams wants it the most, I think that will be truest to Bill's vision. And okay. I think that we also are we also are setting up some pretty strict guardrails for ourselves as we take away the most reliable indicator of success. I'm referring, of course, to jersey color. Uh, second only to total offense. Mm. I think pure uh, wins, raw wins. Sure, um, sure. Regard in conference, out of conference, just rank teams by wins. Yeah. Do they play three FCS teams? That's still a win. Oh God, the chip that Bill implanted in my head at birth is actually starting to vibrate <laughs> at this point, and it is so unpleasant. Um, Jason, where do you want to start in Red Dead Division? Um. Did you have an order in mind for how we discuss the quality of these rosters? I mean, why don't we just do it from the bottom, from what you've you've ranked all these teams based on something based on last year, I forget. Based uh, on something last year. I don't remember, okay? That's was terrific. So, Ryan's so in charge of the, all of us, and that's never not going to be funny. The spreadsheet for breaking down each division, it shows the ranking from last year in the Massey composite, which throws together every computer ranking. Someone took all our computers, so we have to use someone else's. So why don't we start at the bottom of that, and then we can decide if like, we can w- sort of narrow our focus as we get higher to figure out if this is our division winner or not. Yeah, that works. Okay, so uh, at the bottom of this division, Nebraska. Happy Scott Frost Day, everybody. Nebraska. Ranking um, 77th in the computers last year. And predicted to rank very far from that this year um jason do you have nebraska's 2019 schedule open um i i could if if you don't have a computer i do okay i don't okay um so here are here are the first four games of the year south alabama at colorado northern illinois at illinois jason Scott Vraste commemorates the uh, the first day of Nebraska football season, so long as Nebraska doesn't win. Then Scott Vraste ex- continues. That was the rule last year. In Is this like game. standing up until your team makes a basket in a basketball yes. game? Yes, okay. yes. And so last year, I think <laughs> So Nebraska had, stood for like seven weeks? I think, They're I very think, hardy. I don't think it was quite that bad, but I think it was like five weeks. It was, it was a while. Um, Jason, how long is Scott Vraste going to be this year? Uh, I mean, they'll win that week one game. You sure about that? Here's the because here's the thing. Here's the thing you have to bank on. Does that week one game take place? Because this was the issue last year is that they were supposed to play. I want to say Akron, but mm-hmm. that game got canceled due to weather, and as a result, they didn't get a win in week one. And a a rainout counts the same as a loss for purposes of Scott Frost. Well, the thing you have to keep in mind is that weather is growing more stable over time from year to year. Sure. Mm. So, you know, if that was a situation last year, I'm sure it's been corrected by now as our planet becomes more, uh, more welcoming to us. Okay. So you're saying Scott Frost day only lasts, uh, but, but one day this year. Yes. I think we have fixed the environment enough for Scott Frost day to be nipped in the bud. Unlike Nebraska, I'm going to take a flyer. Scott Frost Day extends all the way to week three, Northern Illinois. I think South Alabama will be inevitably You think canceled. Nebraska can beat Northern Illinois? I'm asking yeah. if that's that, what you're saying. That would, yes. be, that would be new. Okay. Shit. Okay. Nebraska at Illinois. Just I'll go all sure. the way to week four. I'll go all the way to week four. 
I, I didn't. I wasn't arguing. I was just clarifying. No, no, no. You're right. I'm going to push it to week four. I think their first win of the season will come September 21st on the road at Illinois. Yes, I'm prepared to be wrong. That's why I do this podcast. Well, I mean, I, I do think it's important. You know, the, the Nebraska NIU rivalry. You can't get all that back in once. You know, no. as long as you make progress toward you know eventually beating them someday. Is NIU in our red conference at all? Unfortunately, they did not make the cut for this conference, um, even though they are better than some of the football teams in it. So let's agree, if Nebraska loses to Northern Illinois, Nebraska's out of the conference and Northern Illinois is in. Uh, yeah, that's good. A relegation game midseason. I like it. Um, Nebraska last year, one in five in one possession games. And one would think, like, maybe that luck will swing. But maybe God hates you. That's the other part of it. Hard to say. Is it hard to say? <laughs> yeah, just because the will of the Lord is unknowable to most of us. So I think you're you're contrasting regression to the mean with God is mean. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> that's another thing Bill taught us. Um, <laughs> Bill did teach us that God is real and he hates us. Those are... <laughs> So yeah, I I I think Nebraska. Yeah, they will probably be better this year. If they went four and eight last year. It seems very hard to imagine that they can't improve on that a bit. It doesn't. But, if, they, if they can have that many ones, like seriously, with the roster they had, as yeah. bad as they were. Yeah. Now you you say that you cite that like one score game stat. Yeah. Right. That in itself is a compliment to, I think they were really well managed, like as well a managed four and eight team as there was in the land. Yeah. Yeah. Without question. Is it like an extremely big 10 version of calling them well coached as a backhanded compliment? Absolutely. It's kind of all over the place though, because like some of those ones, like they lost to Ohio state by five game by five points. They also lost to Troy by five points. Troy and is good. So, nah, she, n- nothing wrong and, with losing to Troy at home. And, and to Northwestern <laughs> by three points. And to a not that good Colorado team by five points. So, like, you repeat yourself. They also had one of the uh, most unpleasant scores of the year, 9-6 win over Michigan. Suck uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. board which, which says Michigan? win. Oh, sorry, over Michigan State. That's my fault. <laughs> the yeah. board. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm going to feel any pity after watching years of just cold slag Michigan State football, including last year, who yeah. I'm still I'm still upset about what unbearable trash that entire season was. Yeah. Garbage. So, I mean, Nebraska got into a bunch of bullshit games. Like, look at the end of the Colorado game, the Ohio State game, and still kept his kept his head above water enough to beat Michigan State at a Michigan State game. If their year is like just 50% less bullshit than last year, they make a bowl game, right? Yeah, right. Yes, exactly. Here's the thing. If they don't do that, if they don't make a bowl game, it will be the first time they have gone 3 years without a bowl berth since they hired Bob Devaney in 1962. Well, well, hey, and then look what happened. That's true. Yep. And and the important thing to remember, Nebraska fans, college football as a sport and as a national entity, exactly the same as it was in 1962. There's no reason why Nebraska can't be a national champion contender year in and year out, except this year they're not going to win the Red Dead Division. They will not win the Red Dead Division, but they will go bowling. Wisconsin! Um, Wisconsin! They, they have two Bobbies and a Bob on staff. <laughs> 
I feel like that's an important metric. Bab, babby, babby. Um, they also uh, does does anybody know where Wisconsin opens the year? On uh, the road at USF. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Did they leave something in Tampa? <laughs> it's um, like a, it's a, it's a pre outback bowl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was drinking with my friend Paul. He's a coach down there. And Paul, like, he says, oh, I left my keys. It's like, where'd you leave them? He goes, at Tampa. And I said, why don't you Raymond James Stadium. Just schedule a football game down there. We'll go. The kids will love it. It'll be great. <laughs> it's Big Ten guy. Big Ten guy's always having a beer with somebody. Great guy. Um, here's the best thing I can say about Wisconsin this year. So sometimes you have to start over at quarterback and... It's a stressful thing because you've had the same the same person holding that role for like two or three seasons. You feel like they've provided stability, even if they weren't as good as you wanted them to be. It's sort of like, man, that's a transition. Um, I don't. I am not worried about like what is Wisconsin without Alex Hornibrook. What what will this mean? Like that's fine. Yeah, it's a good thing. Uh, yeah. How many how many touchdowns did did he throw as the starter last year? Last uh, four seems bad oh it's it's real bad like you go remember that was you know two years ago ah what potential yeah man he actually he actually threw 13 but that's not that many more than four four was close um yeah 13 uh, only played in nine games last year got hurt uh, i think midway through the season uh 13 touchdowns 11 interceptions yeah it's fine i'm just saying change can be good yeah, and I mean, I think when the change is from, what, like four or five years of just r- extremely regular Wisconsin quarterbacks, now you're bringing in your highest rated recruit at any position in more than a decade is your new quarterback, Graham Mertz. You got arguably the best pro style freshman in the country. And, you know, will that go awesome? Maybe not at first, but I think it's in better shape than it's been in, you know, quite a few years. God, there's a country Graham Mertz joke somewhere. I'll find it. I'll dig yeah. around and root for it. We'll get there. Because yeah. when you think Wisconsin, We're Ryan Root, when you think Wisconsin, you think St. Lunatics and Nelly. Because this is Wisconsin, what I suggest you do is put it with a little yeast and let it ferment for a while. We'll make a tasty brew once you get to it. Thank you. Um, I definitely think about rooting. Uh, Wisconsin, you play Ohio State, Michigan, and Michigan State cross division. Good luck. I I I don't think this is going to be a fun year for Wisconsin. Like they might be a better football team in some regards. I think they have a bunch of turnover on the offensive line as well. Um but yeah, it just it does not feel like this is when they return to curious team that is winning 11 games but not actually in the playoff conversation for practical right. purposes. Nor, like it, nor it, will it, they be your like 9 and 4 Rose Bowl winner. Right, right. Like should probably still make a bowl game. Should probably like of those of those three games, Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State. It feels it doesn't feel crazy to be like, oh, they'll win at least one of them. Um, but it doesn't. I don't. Not a red dead division winner to me. Yeah, I think you're looking at about maybe eight and four or so, uh, and not winning the red dead division. NC State, Jason. Tell <clears throat> me, tell me your NC State feelings. Uh, they've lost Ryan Finley, who was the very rare NC State player who you can look at and say, ah, he's actually making a difference, making a difference here. 
they've been uh, they've been pretty good for two or three years, and that's about all you can say for the entirety of their history. They've often been pretty good. Those are that's it. They also lost something more important to me, at least, and that's offensive coordinator Eli Drinkwitz. Just because, oh man, if you can have a guy named Eli Drinkwitz associated with your team, frankly, like Wisconsin, I don't know how you didn't hire the guy whose last name is Drinkwitz, but I mean, that's like a mama's calling situation. That is, uh, I know because he went it, to Boone, North Carolina. I was gonna yeah. say he the the Shiners called him and they were that's like, hey. Come on home, son. Hey, Eli, come on over. Yeah, come on. <laughs> a guy, a guy in Eli. Boone named Eli, who's brewing it up, just cooking. Eli drink wits us. Um, so NC State, the last couple of years under Dave Doran, does a weird and extremely frustrating thing. They get ranked, which granted is not a thing that they frequently did before Dave Doran, but they get ranked and then they lose almost immediately. Last year, as a ranked team, they went one and three. The year before that, two and three. Like, I think the answer for for NC State, their path to success, is stay right at the top of also receiving votes. And then at the end of the year, at your very last game, win that one. And then you don't have to play a game after that as a ranked team. You can just bask in being like, yep, finish the year 18. Suck on that. Yeah, which team is every conference... Uh, old traditional conference before the our new realignment plan which team is every conference is like the strength of schedule buffeter like nc state is often like you know oh you look up and oh clemson's only played two ranked teams and you're like <clears throat> nc state is 25th oh excuse me three you know right right like you have like right. northwestern is always that in the the old big 10 and K- kansas state sometimes serves this purpose in the big 12 it feels like yeah yeah quality quality wins Mm-hmm. Right, you point mm-hmm. to Kansas State as a as a quality win. Um, the other team that's we're going to get to Utah frequently fills this role oh, for very the Pac twelve. Very much. Um, yes. The SEC team that does this, uh, I it's got to be Mississippi State. I feel like Mississippi State trades the role with South Carolina. Like they are, they sort of pass off the baton as to who's going to play serve that purpose. That's fair. I have a I have a bitter answer. Since 2009, it's been Florida. Wow. No, you're the team that appears in the top 12 for no clear <laughs> reason and then, <laughs> and then leaves. Oh, God, we're NC, we're NC State. And then co- no, no, you're super uh, NC State. Yeah, super. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. That's the worst thing anyone's ever said about it. You're NC great. I will um, say yeah. I, I will say this. Dave Doran, Dave Doran, Nine and four, two years in a row. Given the disastrous history of NC State football, that's as good as anyone's been for a while. I almost feel like NC State set a mathematical limit where they just have four. <laughs> they just have four losses, man. Just pick where you want them. It it is, and it is not all their fault because the rest of the division is like not amazing, but is pretty. The middle of that division is a bunch of teams that can beat pretty much each other and occasionally give Clemson a scare. Like You're referring Clemson, to their old division? Yeah, yeah, their old division. Sorry about that. Um, obviously, North Carolina is in a bit of a weird rebuild, and Georgia Tech is kind of an open question to see what they do uh, with the transition there. But, like, other than that, it's, like, all the teams that you're like, well, if Virginia wins three games in a row, and then they do. And then you're like, all Virginia has to do is not lose two games, and then they do. So I like that you just put NC State in both old ACC divisions. 
That's helpful of me, right? Yeah, That's I good. only have I only have one other note on NC State, and it's an important cultural one. That that August thirty first game to open the season, East Carolina, NC State, cookout bowl. That's cookout the cookout cup. The cookout yeah, cup. that's the cookout cup. Winner gets a tray. Choose wisely. You can fit like four dollars worth of food inside the cookout cup. Here's the thing: you're going to you're going to want to really fill up at that game because you have a road game in Morgantown this year, and you're going to want to have a base layer of food. <laughs> you better hydrate. Now, how you hydrate? You ask for the large cup of cookout because it costs the same as the regular. I need three scoops of vanilla ice cream covered with cheer wine, please. Don't ask. Um, I would really like NC State oh, to be. Time. I would really like NC State to be our Red Dead Division winner. I don't see it. Uh, yet another pretty good bowl uh, game attendee, but no, not a Red Red Dead Division contender. Um, this brings me to my most, the most intriguing contender for for me in this division, and that is Utah. Utah has only one major flaw, in my opinion. They always lose one stupid fucking game. In 2014, they lost to a three-win Wazoo. In 2015, they lost to a seven-win Arizona. In 2016, they lost to a five-win Cal and a four-win Oregon. In 2017, they lost to six-win Arizona State and seven-win Oregon. And last year, last year wasn't too bad. They they lost to a seven-win Arizona State team, but still an Arizona State team that like, uh, if, if if Utah is cresting and representing the entire division, this old division that is. Like they should be able to beat a barely bowl eligible Arizona State team. So like I heard that just, they were crusting, even though I knew that's not what you were saying. Well, now I feel uncomfortable. That but means that, they were they they put it in the oven till it crusted. Yeah, oh, like the tater tot casserole. Yeah, um, yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. Um, funeral Carry on. Pota- funeral potatoes. Um, I which sums up Kyle Whittingham's style of football. <laughs> <laughs> you're getting funeral potatoes, and you're gonna like it. You're getting funeral punts. The, and that's the problem is that every it once a, once a season, some other team says, "No thanks, I don't want funeral potatoes," and they just don't <laughs> eat them. I always feel like Utah is the the guy who's like in the fight when somebody goes, let's settle this like men, throws the pistol to the side. Yeah. Utah talks like anywhere from seven to nine teams a year into doing that. Yeah. And then, and then, and then one then team like, shoots him in the leg. Then there's at least three teams that are like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good way to put it. Yeah, there, you find that one Utah game per year when it's like, Utah has deleted offense. Just not doing it. <laughs> Get down here and fight me. Nope. Hey, honey, honey, <laughs> did you pack the passing yards? Oh, damn it, Deborah! I told you to pack the passing yards. Debate Utah, you coward. <laughs> and they nah. declined to have a debate. <laughs> yeah, teams, you know, teams like teams like USC and occasionally Oregon and Stanford, when they play Utah, they just say, no, it's way easier to sit up here in this plane and press a, press a button and blow you up. We're not going to land and fist fight you because that's why we invented this beautiful killing machine. Um, also, Utah opens the season at BYU, which... Hell uh, yes. Yeah, it's just going to be... A big old mess. Just going to be fighty as shit. Um, the good news, I guess, is that their road schedule is not too bad. They go on the road to USC, Oregon State, Washington, and Arizona. Uh, the bad news is that they're gonna like fuck around and lose to I don't know five win UCLA or some shit like that. So Utah, I want to believe, 
I want to believe that you can come out of nowhere and be like an interesting scrappy 11 win team, but you don't want me to. What's that about? Because belief is for BYU. Utah is a secular science and reason. And yeah, I don't yeah. know if that's true at all. I mean, it has to be <laughs> to some degree, right? But <laughs> legally, I, legally, yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so here are four things I like about Utah this season. Tyler Huntley's back at quarterback. He's a good quarterback. He can run around a little bit. Uh, I think he's a good fit for what they want to do with the game of football, which is, you know, hang on to the ball and not let you score and all that kind of stuff. This isn't really backhanded compliment. I think he's I think he's a pretty good quarterback. Zach Moss is a great running back. They have here's a here's as the new Bill C, here's an advanced statistic for you. Are you ready? They have at least twenty two linemen with Pacific Islander names. <laughs> Which is that's how many you want Utah to have, right? That's like, a, I mean, technically they could just field the whole team. They could. I mean, a team of nothing but yeah. Pacific Islander linemen. Yeah, from Utah specifically. Yeah. Uh and finally, so with Utah, every year I check in on one thing. I only need to research one thing to know how Utah's gonna be this year. It's the punter. They're they have a Ray Guy dynasty going at this point. Uh, and I took one look at the new guy, and I am sold. New guy Ben Lennon has full sleeve tats, black and white. That's your oh, punter. And continuing the other important tradition for Utah, which is I believe this is their is this their third Australian punter in a row. That's at least, right. yeah. sure. I believe. Now Mitch Wisnowski, who uh, just went to the NFL and is with the 49ers, kind of yeah, kind of a, a subdued dude, right? Not necessarily, um, not necessarily. You know, your 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 outspoken guy right uh that's over because because ben lennon is uh yeah full sleeve tats is aussie as hell yeah we're, we're good so this means i think with a solid australian punter that's a minimum of five wins bare minimum utah's gonna go like nine and three yeah. did you just hear did you just listen to the statistics i threw yeah. at you yeah embarrassing embarrassing spencer no 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 i mean i'm saying like at worst that's okay. Oh, you're saying the punter alone is five. Wins. Oh, okay. punter alone is five. Oh, okay, right, I got you. Right, so right. I, I'm I'm bullish. I'm bullish on the rest of that team somehow scraping together four wins worth of talent and execution. Because Ben Lennon, Ben Lennon's going to hold it down. This is our new proprietary stat: uh, punter wins above replacement. Poir! By the way, I haven't looked at a single stat or highlight of his. Just one photo. That's but we're good. We're um, good. So Utah are are we comfortable making them our dark horse for the division? Absolutely. I'll go further than that. I mean, I'll put them at least number two in the division. Yeah. Uh, and that means Stanford, you are not number two. Stanford, um, you you have just taken a step back. Um, I do want to say Paulson Adivo, great. Fucking baller. Uh, awesome cornerback. Had a ton of passes defended last year. Is just like kind of preternatural at knowing when to jump for a ball and get position and is just a coverage nightmare. Uh, Stanford's problem is that you built a big burly running tank and that it couldn't run the ball last year. Whoops. Uh-oh. Hmm. Uh-oh. What are, uh, what's that? We need this tank to be a boat now. That's a problem. Actually, we needed the tank to be a hot air balloon. Which <laughs> <laughs> It's kind of like uh, Brett Bielema's Arkansas teams. Like the entire brand was like, grrr, but you, you, you can't grrr. Right. Like you have, you have a pretty good quarterback, KJ Costello. It's pretty, uh, pretty efficient, but like, that's not really the brand, is it? We need we need to teach this elephant how to hang glide. Oh, dead elephant. Shit. 
Get a bigger glider. (laughs) (laughs) If Rick Ross can do it, Stanford can do it. Um, And Rick Ross said he could do it. He's never lied. Uh, in Stanford's first six games, uh, they have to play. Uh, they start with Northwestern at USC, at UCF, and Oregon at home, and then they play Washington for their sixth game. So the good news uh, is you're probably going to have a pretty good sense of Stanford. Uh, you're not going to have to wait. You're going to have a pretty good idea of like, oh, things are back on track and this is a team that's going to compete for a conference title or nope. Whatever, whatever the Foster Farms Bowl is at this point, whatever they've <laughs> named it this year, that's where the Red Box Bowl. So, mm-hmm. I mean, luckily Stanford starts hot, right? That's what they're known for, just right out of the gates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stanford especially, Week One is just es- awesome, especially when it comes to Northwestern. Yeah, especially when they go to fucking UCF to open their stadium. That sounds right within their comfort zone. Yeah, flying um, across planet Earth to play a good team. Uh, can I make the analogy? Stanford, in terms of when they get going. They're a lot like Godzilla in the new movie. They got, they got to blow up. You got to blow a nuke up in their face to wake them up first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, UCF will do that. <laughs> the line on that game was like two points back in January. I don't know what it is now, but that felt like a solid investment. Hmm, big, um, li- big lizard, sleepy. Uh, KJ Costello is fine. He had some really good wideouts to throw to last year. They are not back this year. Um yeah, I just, I don't know. I don't feel great. I know it betrays my legacy formerly as the uh, <laughs> world's largest Stanford fan, um, but I just, I don't feel great about Stanford this year. I think like bowl eligible, yes, probably uh, win a game in the North that shakes things up a bit, but I don't think, I don't think they're winning their, their former division or our division. Yeah, I think they'll just be sort of uh late stage David Shaw. <laughs> Perhaps, like, you know, for the past few years, it's just like, you don't really want to play them, but not as, not as badly as you didn't want to play them. Right. And, and, it's, and, and now it's like, you don't want to play them, not because you're worried you can't win, because you can, you might not. It's more just like, oh, this is unpleasant. Yeah. It's going to take forever. This is like, I mean, eating, this is like eating a whole head of cabbage. It'll actually be a shorter game than <laughs> usual, but, but dear sweet Jesus feels like it's the it's the three hour and 15 minute game that feels like five yeah yeah um and that brings us to jason i assume this is going to be our division winner georgia uh yeah i mean i will honestly give utah like 10 percent of the uh of the vote yeah yeah but yeah it's i mean it's got to be georgia this team is fucking alabama talented at this point you return a veteran quarterback is really good so let's make the case for why it wouldn't be Georgia. Not that it won't be, but if it's not, why? I mean, well, typically when Georgia is the no doubt favorite, historically that has not gone well for Georgia. <laughs> so right there, we're off to a bad, you know, off to a bad foot for Georgia. Yeah, they can. That's about it. Um, Elijah Holyfield is gone, but they still have Dondre Swift. They are historically great at keeping, uh, at spreading the ball around. They've had like five straight years where they had two backs with 700 or more rushing yards. Um, that offensive line, the offensive line is disgusting. The offensive line is really good. They only have two road games where they don't have a week off beforehand. So I guess the only thing you can look at is that they've turned over both coordinators. Um, they have they lost one coordinator to Tennessee uh, on the offensive side of the ball, and the other is now the head coach 
at Colorado, if memory serves. Mel uh, Tucker. Mel Tucker, that's right. Um, I guess I will say, like, if Coley doesn't, if Coley stumbles as a play caller on the offensive side of the ball, that's the only thing that maybe worries me. Um, because do you know when Georgia lost last year? When they had to throw the ball and couldn't just run the shit out of the ball. Last year, they finished um, in their Power 5 games, not including the bowl loss to Texas, with 257 pass attempts and 422 rushing attempts. And the only games where they passed the ball more than they ran it were the LSU loss and the loss to Bama in the SEC championship. The rest of the time, they were very happy to usually like double up rushes to passes and some of that is that they were beating teams easily and just running the ball out um but some of it is that like that's just the style they wanted to play they were not really looking to get into um an air battle with you they wanted it to be a rock fight yeah i think my favorite georgia stat from last year was they put 63 points on umass with jake Fromm throwing five times that sort of sums (laughs) up the ideal of georgia football no matter the decade yeah after years, after years of run the ball, Bobo, oh, lo, did we harvest. <laughs> so, Jason, if we have to pick our top three for Red Dead Division, who do you want to go with? Georgia one. Georgia one, Utah two. I have Wisconsin third. Wow. Uh, over Stanford. I'm, I don't feel very strongly about that. Um, I agree with Stanford not third, but I think I'm willing to go with NC State. Wow. As okay. my third team there. We're far apart on NC State. I have them last. You have them. You have them all the way at the bottom. I have Nebraska making a move. Uh, I think Nebraska for there's just a lot of signposts that suggest Nebraska is going to get a good get good bit better. I mean, I still have them fifth yeah. behind Stanford, but yeah. yeah, I just don't see how NC State takes a leap, you know. And I think Nebraska is a team that can. Okay, it's time for the other division whose name I forget. This is the dark red division. Dark red, blood red. And anyone or, who who feels these colors it, aren't dark enough, they they list themselves as like maroon and crimson. So yeah, yeah, maroon and crimson in our view are just red teams that don't want it enough, like deoxygenated blood. Is that Ew. yeah? It's like Damn. it's like scabs. Yeah, it's a scab red division. I mean. Look at the history of unionized labor in a lot of these states. Mm. A pithy point. Mm. Shall we start at the bottom? Where's that, Spencer? Oh, I think the, I think that's Minnesota in this case, in this division. Well, I was hoping to actually go last uh, with Minnesota because I think this Minnesota team is going to be really fun to watch. Uh, and I was hoping to end on a high note, but sure, we can do. This. Oh, you know, no, no, you no, can do. No, the, you can no, do the no, Minnesota no, thing. No, that's no, fine. No, 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 that's fine. No, no, no it's okay. No, 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 no. <laughs> no I'm not no, hurt. No, no it's don't, okay. Don't nice me. All right, I'm gonna do no, go that ahead. kind of bullshit thing where I focus entirely on the schedule here because this is going to be fun. I'm going to be watching Minnesota football regularly this year for reasons that have nothing to do with PJ Fleck being a crazy person and more to do with. Minnesota has the best September schedule in terms of just like gleeful giggling from impartial third parties. Um, I don't know who made this schedule, but I don't think, I don't think they read us. Uh, I don't think they read bill. Uh, I don't, 
I, I, there are some some things in here that even a few years back when these schedules were made, you wouldn't want to put these teams in here. But hey, Minnesota, you did it. You put them all in here. Um, the Gophers open against South Dakota State, who made the FCS Ooh. semifinals last year. Jackrabbits! Uh, and finished 10-3. and three. Um, Then they host Georgia Southern. Stop doing that, teams. Except don't. It's great. But don't do it. But it's been a minute since we all should have realized as a nation that it's not good to schedule Georgia Southern. Um, would anyone like to guess why Minnesota is inviting a triple option team? Did they schedule this team during the like six months recently when it wasn't a triple option team? I'm guessing that's what happened because I don't see a reason on the rest of their schedule to do this unless PJ Flex offseason uh, conditioning is like a vision quest to go find Paul Johnson. Is it possible PJ Fleck was um, overexcited, did not read the contract closely, was like, hell yeah, we'll play Georgia. I think it's a lot more possible they thought they were scheduling Georgia State. Oh yeah, good point. Um, Anyway, stop scheduling teams, Georgia Southern. Stop scheduling Georgia Southern. Only don't ever stop scheduling Georgia Southern because then we get to watch. Um, After that, Minnesota goes to Fresno, which is the opposite of Minneapolis in every way I can imagine. Also, Fresno won their conference last year or won their division last year. Two years ago. That sounds like a terrifying movie from the 1930s. Minnesota goes to Fresno. Yeah. Um, I... Yeah, I'm kind of interested to see how that goes. Uh, she said, waving her tiny Jeff Tedford stand flag alone in the wilderness. And then they open conference play at Purdue. <laughs> hey, that's, that ain't that ain't a problem for Minnesota, y'all. Um, if you don't care about whether Minnesota wins these games, this is a really fun September and one random day in August when you're hosting South Dakota. Oh, no, there's money on this game, too. There's, like, passion. There's blood on this game because mm-hmm. last year – Minnesota. What happened last year? Oh, Minnesota just turned around and like with a, a bloody lip and an ankle monitor on after getting hammered the week before. Guess what? They beat the crap out of Purdue 41-10. Yeah. Weird. I like that Minnesota's opening with four straight. Better not lose that, games. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> like they're the the we've we've said this before in previous years, but what's the one adjective you never want appended? to your preseason out of conference opponents pesky yeah yeah you got you got a whole month of pesky teams are the ones that are best equipped to make you look like assholes even when you win the game yeah minnesota has a month of these yeah i don't have them i don't have them last because i don't like them by the way like they're they're gonna be super fun to watch no if you like i'm saying if you don't care about what minnesota's record at the end of this month is this is your september team no, having Minnesota back is like the undersized but extremely drunk guy in the bar. That's that's exactly where they should be. As opposed to Wisconsin, the extremely oversized drunk guy in the undersized bar. Undersized but extremely drunk, the PJ Flex story. Drunk on Wisconsin, creatine, the drunk guy drunk in front creatine. of the bar. <laughs> the drunk guy atop the bar. <laughs> yeah. So uh um, how are we determining who was at the bottom of our division anyway? I just I'm just assuming Minnesota's down there. Magic alphabetically, didn't you? And no, you got it wrong. No. Okay. I did not. Okay. Right. I actually think the order in which we have them is the order in which they finish. Spencer has a sorting bucket hat. I do. <laughs> if you reach into it, you can pull a hook out of it. Says it. I'm an escaped python house. 
to Brazil. Here I come. Thanks. Thanks. All right. Uh, if we're going backwards in whatever sorting bucket hat order you've got in that enormous skull of yours, who's next? Um, I have a, a team with an identity crisis next who I still think is. No, pro- I'm doing Texas A&M. No, that's, they know who they are. All 15 of them. <laughs> we're rich and we dress wonderfully. <laughs> Our dog is beautiful and our house is very large. This is my beautiful wife. Dog shirts, white pants, hair plugs, big truck. Go away, David Byrne. Anyway, Texas A&M in a minute. Who are you talking about? I'm talking about Mississippi State. That's right, Joe Moorhead came in. uh, Offensive coordinator from Penn State and from Fordham Pryor. uh, An innovator in his field. Aggressive, creative, and... um, what happens when you take an offensive innovator with a legacy of being extremely wily and keeping people on their toes? Yeah, you give him Nick Fitzgerald at quarterback. Turn I, him, I, <laughs> turn I, him I, into a 17-point wonder. I was going to say Steve Spurrier beats Bama at South Carolina. So. That's, that's the, this is like the redux of that, except without the prior experience being Spurrier. He just skipped that and went straight to... I'll do what works because I have to. Uh, Nick Fitzgerald as a passer last year uh, pretty much forced Mississippi State to be a defense first team to an extreme. And he, this is, uh, it's called making your teammates better. <laughs> and, and yeah, that's that's quiet leadership. Yeah, come on. And with Harris Williams, they were able to do that out of the backfield. But uh, this year, that really won't be the case. In addition to that, if you're a defense first team and you lose all four of your starters on the D-line, is that bad? It's just different. It's just, it's just an adjust. We'll just have to overcome that. It's fine. That was this, the quarterback situation, by the way, uh, between freshman Jalen Hayden. It was really, real accurate, real good. Uh, but but not a lot of experience. And Katayan Thompson, who kind of is, if I had to describe him as a passer, I would say that Nick Fitzgerald rubbed off on him a lot. In other words, as Phrase, I said, at, f- phrasing, as I said, at one point last year, it looked like he was throwing passes with a hoof. It's an ag school. So. Just one more example of our society's hideous bias against those with uh, more than two throwing limbs. <laughs> Bojack Quarterbackman. And, and just like Bojack. Cephalopod State's coming for you. <laughs> you were sad watching it. The The thing with their quarterback is this. Tommy Stevens is coming into transfer from Penn State. He's a fifth-year transfer. Tommy Stevens. Where does God, that name... What what an aggressively Penn State. What a fucking Witsack name. Oh, what what state is he from? Indiana. How Indianapolis. James Franklin let Jesus. Tommy Stevens go? Well... Pretty easily, oh. evidently. Okay. Yeah, he was. He did work with with Morehead when he was on st- staff at Penn State, so oh. uh, he knows the system. I don't know if that matters a whole lot when your greatest claim to fame is that you were the number five player in Indiana that year. This is not poor mouthing Tommy Stevens. I'm just saying things that are true about him, and that the situation there was so bad that he could sail into Starkville and become the likely starter despite having no experience playing in the SEC. Can I detour into something I found on the internet this week involving Indiana? Please. Um, It's a recipe that came out in the New York Times cooking newsletter 
it's a species of fried species. It's a style of fried chicken native to Indiana, and it just involves putting a shit ton of black pepper in the batter. That's it. I was like, oh, I wonder if this is, you know, Nashville fried chicken is a thing. Now, what are we making of Indiana fried chicken? You fry it in lard with a fuck ton of black pepper in the batter. That's it. That's the whole thing. Referred to as Cynthia's mistake. Spicy. Yeah, that's like when you're shaking it in the batter and the little cap falls off. I did that on purpose. Mm-hmm. Come home, Elmer. I'll make the chicken regular again. Just come home. <laughs> anyway, carry on. Mississippi State's road schedule, by the way. I really don't know what to make of their road schedule. They got to play everybody in the SEC West, and that's awful. Their road, their uh, out-of-conference schedule, I will put it this way. They have the the pilot trucking truck stop like method for scheduling places because they they have kansas state and southern miss right only other people who have manhattan kansas and hattiesburg on their docket long haul truckers sort of on brand for mississippi state i respect it their road schedule knoxville and fayetteville yeah yeah i mean yeah it's fine i don't know one of those might get kind of hairy i mean arkansas is still going to be awful fayetteville will be hairy Fayetteville will get Harry, right? Like they'll win that, but you know, nobody will feel good about it. (laughs) Nobody. And then the other two are just outright bad college station and Auburn. It's not good. Y'all it's bad, but still, I think that like, this is probably like, yeah, it feels like a, it feels like the quality win team for the sec this year. That road schedule is like the college visit trip of a kid who's like thinking of joining the military, man. (laughs) (laughs) I don't really have it together. Like by the time that mom and dad get into Auburn with them, they're just like, they're like, I don't know. HVAC repair pays really well. Why don't you just figure it out for a while? I like by the time mom and dad get to Auburn, because in my brain, it was like all three of them are in the same freshman class, which that sounds like Auburn, right? Yeah. Uh, so I mean, I feel like this is the SEC's quality win team that can have some some moments of looking real bad. By the way, Joe Moorhead, I don't know. I might rather just start Jalen Hayden and see if we can actually sort of get that offense uh, like developing. Because if you do that thing where you have a grad transfer come in for a year, you just got this guy getting no reps behind him. Yeah, you you know you don't have forever. Even in Starkville, I know. Their expectations, by the way, completely screwed now. Because they've forgotten their Mississippi State. They've forgotten the past. That's all. That's all I have to say about <laughs> Mississippi State. Next team! I'm getting, the, the bleak is creeping in. I think if we're going in order, then the next team we have up is going to be Wazoo. Oh, hey, that's me. I'm giving it a second just to see if Brian Floyd knocks on the door. He has not so far. All right. Okay. Um, Wazoo is coming off their best season ever, which paradoxically makes it even more impossible to know what to expect. This season. <laughs> so what What I mean by that is they're, they're near a reasonable ceiling for the talent that they're able to recruit to that far flung corner of the country and for their conference. So now what, right? This is, this is kind of a situation we've never seen Leach uh, in before because he started off this job backed into one corner and now he's kind of backed into the opposite diagonal corner. And it's a corner that we've never really seen him in, 
you know, in his head coaching career, what happens when he gets to the ceiling and starts poking at that? Like what happens then? Right. So that'll be fun. Um, it's Washington state. You know what to expect. Offense returns loaded. Pew, pew. Um, the one thing I would like to learn is how to pronounce their presumptive starting quarterback's name. Cause I got nothing. Can you spell it please? Okay, his first name is Gage, which I assume is not pronounced like Gaga. Gaye. Um, first of all, this is the quarterback who wrecked them year before last at Eastern Washington. They snagged that guy. I don't know whether or not this counts as an early season Eastern Washington victory over Washington State, but we all know that Wazoo tends to go on to good things when they get all the willies out of their system early by losing to a directional Washington. That's a very fast and furious approach to yeah. um, um, quarterbacking. His last name is G-U-B-R-U-D, and he looks exactly like you imagine that guy would. So is it Gubrud? Gage. I feel like we're missing some umlauts. Gage Gubrud, or or is it Gage Gubrud? Can we just call him Gigi? Except that's what my niece calls her grandma. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna make him glamorous and just go to the first name. Gage. Gubrud. Gubrud. It, it sounds like a really dense bread. I'm gonna, always, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pronounce his last name backwards. Now he's Gage Derbug. <laughs> <laughs> this concludes my thoughts on Washington State. It's Washington State. You're gonna watch it. You have no fucking clue what they're gonna do. They're undersized in the secondary. It'll probably be fine. It's sort of like stumbling upon a stray dog with a katana on its back. You're like, all right. <laughs> Which, again. I'll, st- I'll stay back, but I'm going to watch to see what happens. I think what I'm trying to say is this is a unique position for Washington State, making them even more interesting than usual, maybe. But also, it's Washington State. If they were less interesting, you'd be watching them anyway. Because yeah. you never know. Most dangerous game on the schedule for them. Uh, two of them back-to-back early. That is September 7th, Northern Colorado at home. Uh, this is an FCS team for Wazoo early in the season. If they lose this game, it means they're going to do real well. If they win this game, trouble may be on the horizon. Now, that's just by rule. By schedule, trouble's on the horizon anyway, because the next week they go to Houston. <laughs> so after a relatively sedate start by playing New Mexico State and Northern Colorado, uh, you know, just... Heroin right to the eyeball, baby. Just just two air raid teams firing away in Houston, including a Mike Leach team on the road from the West Coast playing in the boggy swamp of Clutchtown. That's that's everything I want in college football right there. I hope Dana wears short shorts to that game. I mean, it really depends on what happened the night before. I forgot to pack my short shorts. So that's not an okay reason to be nude, Dana. <laughs> Tell me an okay one. Uh, by the way, good news for Wazoo, Northern Colorado is very bad. Mm. Wait, is that bad news? That's bad news because you want to lose to them. Yeah, right? I mean, they lost to okay. Portland State one year when Portland State was like a four-win FCS team. Well, so. they will beat North Carolina Northern Colorado. <laughs> so if they lose to Northern Colorado, uh, my money's all in on them, like, Beating Stanford and Washington. That's national national championship. National yeah, that's first first national champion to ever lose to an FCS team early in the season. That's right. Washington State. I believe next on our schedule, um, I have let's see, Texas A and M. Oh man. With their beautiful <laughs> houses and their pretty dogs. Okay. I kinda wish I kind of wish that we had ordered this a little bit differently because I too want to spend most of this time talking about a punter. Um, 
because when I think of A&M fairly or not fairly, I think about the September Heisman. And this year for the September Heisman, on my September Heisman watch list, I want to nominate Braden Mann, last year's Ray Guy winner, who has either two first names or two last names, depending on how Texan or how Georgian you are. Man Brady. He's a Mega Man character. Uh, anyway, Brilliant. let's uh, do we do we have a Ray, do we have a cross uh, a cross divisional Ray guy fight? We do heading up in the Reds. Yeah, my money's on my money's on the Aussie. Yeah, and uh, apart from playing in the SEC West, which I'm told is not a thing you want to do, can't relate. Um, the schedule is is deeply unchill. The Aggies go to Clemson in week two. They have road games at Georgia and LSU to end the season. There's a reason I'm focusing on the punter. No, no, this is actually going to be funny because they might be markedly better in 2019, but the schedule may obscure that. Hmm. And if there's one thing we know about both Jimbo and College Station, it's that these developments will be taken in stride. <laughs> did we pay you all that money to go there? Actually, you did. This was decided years before I ever got here. We sure. But yeah, you you're keeping ac- ap- academics up, right? Uh, yeah, sure. Whatever you say. <laughs> this is quite arguably the hardest uh, schedule in the country. I hear you, South Carolina fans. You have basically the same schedule. Um, you both have to play a lot of SEC teams and Clemson. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> this is also the reason South Carolina did not make the cut for the Red Conference is you are basically just poor man's Texas A&M. And oh! <laughs> literally, that you, you are poor man's Texas A&M. You, you are not as rich as them. Also, South Carolina's true color is gray camo, so. <laughs> yeah. You told us this. Tactical That's... red. <laughs> Just tell Jimbo Fisher that this blowtorch of a schedule is some kind of expensive facial, and he'll do it. Fimbo Jisher. <laughs> At the spa, you just put your face right in it. Just flames. Just flames. Just get it what all is over it. What does a Texas A&M spa consist of? Just like Reveille come up and just lick you all over. So you keep, First of you, all, you keep your pants on. That's step uh, one. Yeah. One side's for men. The other side's for horses. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Did we just invent the horse spa? Horse spa. This after last week when we invented performance whiskey. Yeah. Horsespa.biz. <laughs> Floyd, if you're listening to this, please register that. That's the that's the other one. Is the, It has relaxing music, right? With just faint hints. It has the like music they always play. There are horse spas. Yes. Equine Aqua Spa Center. Yes. So it just, you know, it has the same whooshing music as human and horse spa in the world. Well, I fucking hope so. (laughs) I'm I'm just picturing a horse sticking its entire face in the big gallon jug of cucumber water. (laughs) You let it drink. It's just doing what comes Bessie's natural. Bessie's thirsty after a yeah. long ride to the spa. <laughs> Two climate-controlled barns, an indoor six-panel walker, whatever that is, and a 105-foot equine swim lane. Hot damn. That's oh, Jimbo's that, house. That, Spencer would die of that in a minute. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Between horses and swimming, you are fucked. No, he'd be I riding fine a horse with horses, in the water. Thank you very much. And I can't swim. No, I mean, your short little no, legs your horse are going to swim you from both of these things. <laughs> That's true. Just be just be me like in the middle of it with my horse swimming and on top of it going, Whoa, I'm in Lonesome Dove. Oh, okay. They you can tell which treatments are for horses and which treatments are for people because the people treatments are all on the second floor. I am not comfortable with this blanket assertion that horses can't climb stairs. Have you fuckers not seen Wild Hearts Can't Be Broken? 
let's say this. Answer if, the question. I have seen it. It's a great film. And it's Thank a you. story about the indomitable spirit of horse and and human. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and also about how, like, really there was not Wait, that much- this is clearly a cow in this swimming pool. That is in no way a horse. <laughs> That's false advertising. Okay. It's a cow, right? They, they got a longhorn in my, at my Aggie spa? <laughs> <laughs> look, look. Here's all I want to say. If Texas a and now? If Texas A&M does not open the world's second- Human horse spa. They're not serious about recruiting. And put no, it- I found a picture of the horse at the pool, and this horse looks panicked as hell. Like I, I feel real bad because horses are real dumb. And oh man, why would you put a horse through this? Looks like Jimbo at that press conference. Oh, it kind of does. <laughs> what did I get myself into. <laughs> sob off, sob off with me. I'm a horse. I can't hold a saw. I don't even know what I'm sawing off, but I got on the plane. Oh, oh, I think I saw was dollar signs. <laughs> <laughs> I think like I, I think if A and M went nine and three, that'd be an amazing season. Against given that this schedule, schedule? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you'd be real happy with I just, that. I think it's deeply hilarious that these A and M. I love y'all. I love y'all, but but belly aching and self martyring are like three hundred level courses at your school and. I just think it's going to be really funny to watch y'all scrambling over one another to climb up on the nearest cross when you might actually have reason to. After their last bye week, the last three games go in order. Home versus South Carolina. The most dangerous kind of South Carolina (laughs) on the road. Probably with like four wins at that point. Desperate. Will Muschamp versus Jimbo Furious that they couldn't get into the horse spa, that they were turned aru- turned away. Like a Will Muschamp just rested and healthy at the end of the season because he doesn't know any better not to be not unlike a horse. Mm-hmm. Like a one-eyed badger that got into your shed. <laughs> it's been there for hours, it's hot, and it's hungry. And guess what? You gotta get the mower out of there. Good luck. And you're covered in peanut butter. Typical weekend for an Aggie. Oh, then, I was talking about Will Muschamp. Well, that too. Then the second... What would you fill it? Do you think if you filled a Kong with like tobacco dip and just threw it on the sideline at Will Muschamp, you could get him to run onto the field and get a sideline infraction? It's like, I'm oh, not yeah. Play- yeah, because Will Muschamp's usually so calm on the sideline. I'm not playing. I'm not playing no, that I'm just game. Saying, could you get him to chase a dog Kong? You know what a Kong is? You know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah. Yeah. If you filled one with dip and just threw it in the middle of the field, could you get him to chase it? If you dangle it and. Wave it in front of his nose so he can smell it and then throw it. Holly, I think if you've shown a laser pointer on the field, he'd chase it. Mm. Someone's done it before. No, he would just yell sniper and start tackling people to the ground. I'm telling you, Jimbo Fisher coached with him. Oh, He's shit. done this before. I, I, I really should not have brought up snipers given A&M's involvement in this oh, game. Boy. And I, oh, Ryan, boy. you're my lawyer, so I'm not liable. The right? next the next week, the next week is at Georgia and the next week is at LSU. The end to their season is the worst three-week stretch imaginable. On the bright side, A&M goes to Georgia. <laughs> I mean, all of their three-week stretches are bad. They play Clemson in week two. Like, yeah. This is all terrible. The uh, the Aggies, their win total over under was seven at one point in the offseason. This is a team with like nine or ten win talent, but if you win seven, you did awesome. I will say they're probably going to fuck somebody up bad in a bowl game. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah they're gonna get they're gonna get vastly overmatched, land in some bullshit tax slayer situation, and just wreck 
I don't know, Penn State. Mm-hmm. Thus setting up what? National title aspirations for next year. And so the cycle of life is reborn. If Jimbo Fisher and James Franklin got into a passive-aggressive church biddy-off, whose white gloves come out unbloodied? Um, I'm going to go ahead and guess James Franklin mm. at this point, because James Franklin will just get flustered. Yeah, he'll, sw- he'll swing and miss. Yeah. I declare. I do declare. I mean, he got, he's, you know, he coached at Vanderbilt. Mm. Yeah. Those gloves are staying clean. Mm. Uh, next, in our, next up in the uh, dark red division, the scab red division, we've got uh, Oklahoma. Hey, guess what, Oklahoma? I got good news and bad news. Uh, bad news is you, you got to fix your defense. Uh, the good news is. Um, you get to do it without Mike Stoops this time. Yeah, you get to do it without Mike Stoops. <laughs> I miss Stoops. him so much. He's the best part of watching that team. This is how good Kyler Murray in that offense was last year. Also, he's pretty good. They lost two games by a combined 12 points. That's it. Remember how bad they were? Remember that they, uh, they I will say they lost to Army 28-21 with Army almost beating them and holding the ball for, I want to say, 73 minutes out of 16 regulation felt like that yeah like as bad as they were on defense as i think 119th overall in terms of of defense uh they still only lost two games and only lost them by 12 points now another issue another addition of good news bad news you lost kyler murray the heisman winner and outstanding quarterback who got you all those points the good news uh, you have jalen hurts Transfer from Alabama as seasoned a starter as one can imagine at the highest levels with the most pressure coming off of uh, an outstanding spot relief job for Alabama. Now, is this going to be the same offense? No, it's not going to be the same. It it, it just, it it can't because Jalen Hurts isn't close to the passer Kyler Murray is and will not. But honestly, with Lincoln Riley and with uh, Trace Trey Sermon in the run game and with a an offensive line that returns, I believe, one starter, but they're all really solid and, and got a fair amount of snaps last year and are all really highly touted recruits. You know, they may not be super explosive early, but with any improvement on defense and a slightly less frenetic pace on offense, then boring. Yeah. No, there. Thank you. That was good. Can I can I tee you up your transition here? Yeah. Do you know where Mike Stoops is now? Oh, God, he's behind you. Is he, he in the, is he in the is, X- This is a lie. He can't sneak up on you. Is he, in the X- <laughs> is he in the XFL? He's not. Spencer, who's the last team in your division? You, do you really not know where he is right now? No. I can I, tell you. I had no idea. Oh, he's gone home to Papa Saban's school for wayward boys. <laughs> he's a Bama analyst. Oh, no. I love it. I love it because it's like Nick Saban's greatest project yet. It's sort of like where the where the you property know he has him in a muzzle, like a, a not a Hannibal Lecter muzzle, like a dog muzzle. It's important to think of Nick Saban as like the bar rescue of college football. And this only this one... summer he's just click training Mike Stoops. <laughs> this this is this is the one where he's like, oh boy, the whole bar is made out of flies. This is a problem. <laughs> Can I'm Mike shutting Stoops- it down. I'm shutting down Mike Stoops. Can Mike Stoops go a whole day of fall camp with a milk bone balanced on his nose? Yes. Yes. I have faith that he can do that. Can't um, still. 
Yeah, he'd have to stand still, you know. Um, by the way, their road schedule, it's the exact opposite of like Texas A&M's. <laughs> they're like, they're like, oh, Big 12 teammate, former teammate. It's, yeah, sorry about that because uh, when you get both Kansases on the road and UCLA. Kansai. Yeah, you get the Kansases. Kansai. The Kansai. Um, yeah, you're good, man. And that, you know. At UCLA in September. Oh, uh, and yeah, you get Oklahoma State at the end of the year. Because remember, that's not really a rivalry. It's not in terms of like outcomes. Because Oklahoma usually wins that game. Like almost always. Like to the point where you probably could bet a mortgage payment on it pretty safely. It is Bedlam. Bedlam is an accurate name, but it is Bedlam in the sense of like the Roadrunner versus Wiley Coyote. The path to destruction is colorful and frequently unexpected the winner is not right yeah that leaves our last team which would be alabama uh, and, little known red football enthusiasts alabama yeah red tide. the red the, the red tide the red tide bad for the environment can't really <laughs> stop it will ruin will ruin your clams made most yeah metaphorically and literally alabama Bad for the Gulf states. Uniformly, man. Well, what can one say about Alabama but this? Uh, Nick Saban hired temps. He just hired temps. That's all he's got. <laughs> he's getting so, like, he, he brought Mike Stoops in as an analyst. Does anyone know their offensive coordinator? It's Sark, isn't it? Yeah. Steve Sarkeesian. Shit. Yeah. Ro- rolling back in. You know? Man, that's a that's a fucking when ships pass in the night in the Holiday Inn Express or wherever the hell they're living. <laughs> he coached oh the game. My f- God, Kyle Flood is on this staff. Kyle <laughs> Flood is on this staff. Uh, who else? Pete Golding. You know who Pete Golding is? No, no, no one does. He's the defensive coordinator now. Sure. Shut up and read what's on the card. Just shut up and read what's on the card. <laughs> I'm Kyle Flood, and I have thoughts. No, you don't. Nick gave you your script today. Read it. Follow Even it to the minute. Bloods have to bow to the tide. Wow. I don't King get me. it. I don't get it. King me. I don't get it. I know, baby. I love that. Like, who's got the most experience on this staff? A dude who coached one game with us. One. How'd it go? I mean, this fine. This lack of <laughs> continuity on the staff definitely has not come back to bite them recently. So I wouldn't worry about it. Nothing else matters, by the way. Like, oh, wow, they got a lot of turnover on defense. Who cares? It's fine. They're all four and five stars. Nick Saban's coaching them. He's handing out little, like, index cards to tell everybody what to do every single day. (sighs) They almost won the national title last year. Clemson had to go, like, eight of 11 on long third downs to beat them. But don't worry. They've got Kyle Flood and Mike Stoops. All their receivers are back. It doesn't matter. He could he could put he could put us up there. He should, frankly. I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and say at some point it does matter. No. <laughs> I think no, it does matter. Look what happened. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. This... Can we can we count up who among us uh on this on this podcast is and is not of the opinion that staff continuity played a large part into specifically the fact that the staff all had one foot out the door. Uh, played a large part in Bama's fate in last year's conference championship game. A national championship, you mean? Whatever. Okay, sure. 
Because I like the idea that you're saying like, oh, Bama only barely beat Georgia because they were, weren't really paying attention, but they still beat Georgia. I mean... Anyway, yes, national championship game. Yeah, yeah. I don't... I mean, I Clemson hit like... Clemson hit an astonishing gamble, right? Mm-hmm. They they hit like they hit a moon they hit a moonshot against a cornerback who I'm couldn't cover one we, guy. L- listen, I'm going to do a thing we never do, and I'm going to suggest you go listen to PAPN mm-hmm. uh, and listen to Godfrey uh, and, and listen to Godfrey and Bill. Uh, listen specifically, listen to Godfrey talk about the people he's talked to on that staff about what it was like in the run up to the title game last year with everybody getting ready to head off to a new job. And how that creates little glitches in the machine and ask themselves if they're setting up for something similar this year. I mean, by God, they might only win 12 games. I think the most unintentionally cruel thing we've ever done on this show is wait until PAPN went into shutdown Well, now it's safe. To tell people to go listen to it. No, we appreciate historical artifacts all the time. Yeah. Okay. Like like Oklahoma football. can Can I take this as an opportunity, by the way? Before we wrap this up, I want to just go ahead and shout out Dan Enos. Dan Enos. What's Did wrong he get with a new you? job? Yeah, no, no, no. He's quarter, right? Quarter, is he still on Bama staff? Uh, no. no. No, he's not. Where is no. he? He ghosted. What, what team of Chris Drivers is he upsetting this year? Okay, he's, I want he's, you to, he's, uh, uh, he's at the U this year. All right, so I'm referring to former Alabama quarterback coach uh, Dan Enos. Previously. <laughs> I forgot that's what Dan Enos's face looks like. <laughs> Yep, former Central Michigan coach, former Arkansas offensive coach. You know the Matt Damon puppet in the Team America movie? That's what Dan Enos looks like. Yeah. Dan Enos. Like he's he's par-baked. He might need to go back in the oven. Yeah. Well, you know what? He he, he was certainly unfinished at Bama. Yeah. Because uh, everyone else who leaves that job, remember like Kirby Smart? Like it was always like, man, Kirby's going to go. And it was like Kirby Smart was locked in a basement until the absolute moment that, you know, like the last possible moment. He got free. And even then, I'm sure he probably was like, Nick, I'll just I'll send that to you once I get to Georgia. It's on a flash drive. I'll, I'll send it to you. OK, uh, he, he left with work done. Right. Nobody could leave Alabama without a lengthy process of vetting and clearance by Nick Saban. Uh, sort of, Lane Kiffin could. This started to break down with the Lane Kiffin departure. <laughs> Pioneer in all things, Lane Kiffin. It, it turns out wearing a sleep shirt. To uh, film study, good way to go ahead and be invited to leave. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's when the the etiquette started to break down. But you know, we thought like Lane Kiffin was kind of a bad boy for defying Nick Saban and having a sloppy exit from the Alabama football program. Nope, nope, he was the title holder. He no longer is. Oh, I forgot about this. Yeah, Dan Enos, the quarterbacks. Coach. So did Dan Enos. <laughs> Dan Enos ghosted Saban, just left, just took off. I, was, I didn't want to tell my dad that I wrecked the car. <laughs> I'm not coming home. I put Pop Chevelle into a tree. <laughs> like, he's disputed this report, and that's fine. But as far as I'm concerned, the account where they have a meeting and somebody goes, where's Dan? And they're like, oh, he's in Miami. At his new job with his new family. That that's the funniest imaginable outcome. And I'm just uh, that's what actually happened. You can dispute it all you want. 
to be clear, that will be my first reaction if Bama loses a game this year, just to tweet, where's Dan, repeatedly. <laughs> God, can, can Nick Saban win without Dan Enos' players? <laughs> we'll find out when they open the season against I'm Duke. super glad that this episode is dropping when at least three of us are going to be on vacation. <laughs> We're ghosted. Bye. Bye, y'all. Danny Nassive, out. <laughs>